0: Good morning, Journey. Thank you so much for worshiping with us as we continue to maneuver through what most of us would say is the strangest time we have ever lived. Uh, I don't know about you, but I am tired of the words unprecedented and uncharted. Uh, I'm making a motion that whenever this ends, we don't use unprecedented or uncharted for a year at least. Because these are unprecedented, uncharted times. I, I used them. Uh, as we're trying to make our way through these times, uh, a lot of us are feeling added stress. Uh, we've got added responsibility different responsibility. Uh, some of us are trying to figure out how to work from home or, or do all of our work from home. Maybe we did some of it from home. Now we have to do all of it from home. Uh, some of us are, are, are not able to stay at home. We have jobs where we have to show up every day and we have to get in the car and we have to, we have to go be at our jobs. We're, we're trying to figure out how to continue to educate our children uh, some of us are looking at our checkbooks. Maybe almost all of us are looking at our checkbooks and, and thinking about our finances and, and trying to look down the road. What is it, it going to mean a, a week from now, a month from now, a couple of months from now? If this continues, there is just a lot to think about during this time that we are experiencing. And, and some of us are fixers like we like to fix things, so we've been organizing and making spreadsheets and making lists and, and trying to handle this emergency by solving problems because that's just kind of our nature. But when God created us, He didn't just create us to be problem solvers, although that's a great thing. We're not just made to be fixers, we're also made to be feelers. Uh, we have emotions and and in the season that we 're in, uh, a lot of emotions are beginning to kind of bubble to the top they they 're uh, trying to kind of peek out and and speak up and maybe shout at us so some of us are or are more sensitive towards our emotions. Um, uh, we recognize them quickly. We're, we're in tune with them. Others of us, we try to stay busy. We, we try to push that part of ourselves down, push that part of ourselves away. But emotions, our, our feelings, that's part of the way that God created us. He created us to feel things. We've been studying through the Bible uh, for the last several weeks, and we started in the Garden of Eden, and then then we got kicked out of the Garden of Eden, and there was a flood, and a guy named Abraham, who God started a nation through, and a couple generations later, all of God's people went to Egypt, and they spent 400 years, became slaves, Moses led them out, they wandered in the wilderness, Joshua led them into the promised land, There were. Hundreds of years we saw last week of judges and kings, and then the nation divided because they couldn't agree on a king, and more kings and more kings, and prophets came along, and eventually the Babylonians came and overtook the Israelites and destroyed Jerusalem. Sometimes when we read the Bible, though, it can begin to feel like a, a list of names and dates and Unfamiliar places and long lists of family names that we don't recognize, many of them we can't even pronounce. It can be a little bit like history class. Names and dates, and this place and that place, and that battle and that event. God didn't want us to engage the Bible just as a list of of dates and names and time frames. God wanted to remind us that these are real people who were feeling real emotions through everything that was happening throughout the Bible. So God gave us a section of the Bible. It's actually the section right in the middle of our Bible that we refer to as uh, the books of poetry or the books of wisdom. And what we find in the very center of our Bible are raw emotions gut-wrenching emotions sometimes just poured out freely. They're unfiltered, nothing is held back. What we feel real humanity in what we call the books of poetry. They start with the book of Job and they go through Song of Songs and, and they have a range of emotions. They, they have exhilarating, joyful, sometimes grateful emotions, and they have passionate, intimate emotions. They have frustrating emotions. They have discouragement. They have depression. We just have this long series of real human emotion given to us in the middle of our Bible. We have practical emotion, practical wisdom in the book of Proverbs, and we have Passionate emotion and song of song, incredibly frustrating emotion in the book of Ecclesiastes. You see, the Bible isn't just a a book of information. It's not just details and names and dates and places. The Bible's about real people who felt emotions in the way that you and I feel them. Solomon wrote or compiled Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs. And in Proverbs, Solomon gives us really practical wisdom, really practical advice for for day-to-day living. And and he tells us principles for how life generally tends to work. Like, generally, if you work hard, then you succeed. And if you're lazy, you're not going to succeed. That's generally how life works. You should follow that principle because that generally works. Uh, Things like if you have integrity then you're going to be recognized for that. You're going to be successful, whereas if you're dishonest, if you can't be trusted, that's not going to work out real well for you. All of this great, wonderful... Practical advice about how life should work. Now, it's not promises. It's principles. This is the way life generally tends to work because what happens later on in his life, Solomon writes Ecclesiastes, and it's all about his frustration with the fact that life doesn't always work that way. He looked at life and realized Sometimes good things happen to really bad people, and that's frustrating. And bad things happen to really good people, and that's frustrating. And life doesn't always work out the way it's supposed to work out. We have a whole book in Ecclesiastes of one man's great frustration with the world and with with life. We get all of these raw, real emotions. As a matter of fact, if you just let your Bible open to the middle... If you just let it fall open in the middle, you're going to land in these books full of real, raw emotion. Now, here's what I want you to do today. Here's what I want all of us to try to do. I want us to try to let our heart just kind of fall open this morning, just right down to the middle, right down to the core of our being, and let's be honest that we feel some pretty strong emotions right now on, on one extreme or the other. When, when you read through the book of Psalms, and we're going to read some in the book of Psalms today, when you read through the book of Psalms, that's what you find with David. He just kind of lets his heart fall open, and he just says whatever is in there. He doesn't edit it. He doesn't filter it. He just says whatever he's feeling. And And sometimes that was gratitude and joy, and sometimes that was discouragement and borderline depression if not real depression in the the heart and the mind of David it it was sometimes frustration it was sometimes anger right in the middle of the Bible so would you join me and and let's just open our hearts let's admit we can't fix everything we can't organize everything sometimes we just feel things deeply You may have seen, I I posted on social media this week asking people simply, what are you feeling as we're going through this time? Here's some of the answers that I got. Anxious, hopeful, sad, grateful, depressed, trusting, stressed, worried, concerned, conflicted, blessed, calm, it doesn't feel real, grieving, unsure, restless, overwhelmed, fear, denial, faithful, anger. And that's just, a, that's just a little example of the responses that I got. And they're kind of, if you look at it, they're just kind of all over the spectrum. Some, some, some uh, strong emotion, some, some encouraging emotion, some grateful, but then there's also worry and anxiety and, and fear. Some people said that right now they were fluctuating between emotions, they, they would feel this for a little while, and then they'd begin to feel something the exact opposite. Or they would cycle through certain emotions, and then they'd start all over. And when they got up in the morning, maybe they, they, they felt um, confident, they felt encouraged, but by the time lunch rolled around, they were discouraged again, they were anxious, they had read an article, they had seen some uh, statistics, and they had, they had begun to fear again. A lot of us are feeling that. I mean, if we were honest, if we just opened up our heart and said, this is what's really in there, unfiltered, a lot of us would say, I'm feeling a lot of things right now. Let me say a couple of things about our feelings. And and one is, it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling. And, and, And you've probably heard this before. You may have heard me say it before. You've probably heard other people say it before. It's okay to feel what you're feeling. Whatever's happening in your heart, it's okay to acknowledge that. You don't have to justify it. You don't have to defend it. You don't even have to explain it. It's okay to feel what you're feeling. Uh, another related thought. It's okay to feel conflicting feelings. Those of you who would say, I, I'm sort of fluctuating. I'm, I'm here and I'm there. Sometimes I feel this and sometimes... I feel that. It's okay if all of your feelings don't line up. That's sometimes the way emotions and feelings are. They don't always line up sequentially, logically, one right after the other. Sometimes they're just kind of all over the place. Here's something that David wrote, King David, in Psalm chapter 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long am I going to feel this? Where is the end? Where are you? There's almost an accusatory tone towards God. God, why are you letting this go on? Sometimes I feel like I could die. I don't know if, I don't know if that's where all of this is going to end. How long am I going to feel this way? But then immediately the next verse says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. And I think a legitimate question for David, if if he were here this morning, would be, so which is it, David? Like, are, are you broken in your sorrow? Are you complaining to God? Are you worried about how long this is gonna last? Or do you trust God? Which emotion are you feeling? And I think, I don't wanna speak for him, but I think what David would say is, yes, I'm feeling all of that. I'm feeling all of that all of the time. I'm questioning, but I'm trying to trust. I'm discouraged, but I'm trying to be hopeful. If you and I experience conflicting feelings as we're walking through uh, this season of our life, then we're a lot like David. We just need to admit that. I think it's healthy to admit, I feel a lot of things right now. And, and I don't know which one is winning. I, I feel a lot of emotion as we're walking through this, and some of it doesn't make sense, and, and some of it conflicts. That makes you, and that makes me, exactly like David. Now, the interesting thing is, as you read that prayer, that, that song that, that David's lifting up to God, God never interrupts David as he's pouring out his heart and all of his emotions, God doesn't step in and judge David for his feelings. God doesn't condemn David for what he's feeling. God doesn't try to straighten David out. Well, you shouldn't be feeling that. Well, that's the wrong emotion for this particular time. You should be feeling that. God never interrupts David explaining his feelings. God just listens. God is just present. God is just there. Interesting thing is, I was kind of flipping through the Psalms in preparation for this week. You know that God doesn't speak very much in the Psalms, if ever. Like, first person, God said. There's not a lot of that. God doesn't interrupt all of the prayers that are going on in Psalms. He doesn't interrupt the praises. He doesn't interrupt the complaints. He doesn't interrupt the frustrations now I know all of the Bible is God's word. It's what God wants us to have. So in that sense, it's God's word to us. But God doesn't directly speak very much in the Psalms. He just He just lets people get it out. He's just present. He's just there. And he just lets people say whatever they're feeling. He doesn't interrupt. As I said, he doesn't try to straighten out their emotions. You shouldn't feel that way. You shouldn't say that. You should be feeling this. You shouldn't be feeling that. There's even some debate over whether we should actually pray the way David prays at times. I mean, there's some pretty intense prayers that David prays, and theologians debate whether we should even pray those types of prayers, or we should pray in that way because David's emotion was so raw and real, and sometimes there was anger, and sometimes there was frustration, and God never interrupts. God never says, That's the wrong thing to pray, or that's the wrong way to feel. He just listens. He's just there. He's just a constant presence, even when David seems unhinged at times, and he does. The psalmists sometimes seem totally unhinged, and yet God is just listening. God's just letting us get it all out. Now, here's a thought. If God doesn't judge our feelings maybe we shouldn't judge each other's feelings, especially when we're walking through such an intense time as we're all in right now. If God doesn't step in and interrupt us, if God doesn't tell us what we should and shouldn't feel, maybe we shouldn't do that to each other. Because we live in a time where we can freely state our opinion on public forums about anything and everything, whether we have any knowledge of the subject matter or not, and because we can express our feelings about any given topic, whether we have any expertise on that topic or not. We can even express our opinion about something we know nothing about regarding somebody else's opinion about something they know nothing about. Someone with no expertise can comment on another person's opinion about a subject they have no expertise on. This is a wonderful time to be alive. We just kind of pull all of our ignorance together and share our opinions. And just like we can share our opinions about topics, many of which we know very little about, we can share our opinions about what other people are feeling, uh, the emotions that other people have. And, and, And maybe, given God's example in the Psalms, given God's example of silence, of grace, of compassion, of listening and presence, maybe we should choose that during this time. Maybe the best path... It's not me telling all of you how you should be feeling right now or insinuating that you should be feeling the same way that I'm feeling. Maybe we should just listen. Maybe we should just be there for each other, and maybe we should give each other a lot of grace. No matter how many times we watch someone cycle through the same emotions, maybe we could just extend to them the same grace that God extends to us when our emotions are all over the place. Now, here's the thing about God, and it relates to our feelings. God knows, God has always known, that life was going to be difficult for us at times, that life was not always going to be easy. We see it in the Old Testament. Jesus said to his disciples at one point, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Like Things are not going to go perfectly all the time. You're going to face tribulation. You're going to face challenges. God's always known this. And on the other side, God's always known that we wouldn't always handle it the best way. God's, God, God has always known that sometimes the struggles that we face would be overwhelming to us. Like we would not have the stamina. We, we would not be strong. We would be weak. There's a wonderful psalm. I come back to it often. In my life, it's Psalm 103, verse 14. The psalmist said, "As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear Him. For He knows how we are formed; He remembers that we're we're dust. So God has compassion. His heart goes out to us. He He feels our emotions with us. He knows our emotion, but." But he also knows that we're weak, that we struggle, that that sometimes our emotions are going to run the gamut of the extremes. He knows how we're formed. He knows we're not perfect. He knows we're not going to be strong all the time. He remembers we're dust. There's a lot of weakness to, to our frame, to the way we're made. God understands that. God extends grace to us as a result of that, and he shows us compassion. He shows us mercy because he knows we're not going to be able to carry all of life's struggles as perfectly as we would like to. And God apparently thinks that's okay. That's okay. He he still gives grace and compassion for those moments when our weaknesses show up. Paul even learned that that's, that's when more grace shows up. When my weaknesses come out, when I'm honest about my weaknesses, more grace shows up in my life. It's interesting that one of the earliest stories we have in the Bible is a story of pain. It's a story of suffering. It's the first book in this book of poetry, book of wisdom. It's the book of Job. You remember, I've told you a couple of times that The Bible's not always lined up chronologically, and the story of Job is a great example. The story of Job, most people believe, actually happened way back at the beginning of Genesis. Somewhere along the same time as is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, somewhere in that time period, Genesis 12, 13, 14, somewhere in that period is when the story of Job actually happened. Now, it wasn't written down until much later. It was transmitted orally, and finally someone wrote it down for us. But one of the earliest stories we have in the Bible, chronologically, is a story of suffering, It's a story intended to remind us that we're going to walk through difficult times. It's a story intended to remind us that there's not an equation of good people don't suffer or faithful faithful people never have problems. Very honestly, early in in the human story, God said you're going to face some heartbreaking things. You're you're going to walk through some difficult challenges. Here's how the story of Job begins. This is chapter 1, verse 13. One day, when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby and the Sabaeans attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put your servants to the sword, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you in rapid order. In Job chapter 1, Job loses everything. He loses all of his possessions. He loses all of his children. He has no possessions and no children to pass them on to. Job loses everything. At the beginning of chapter 2, Job loses his health. Everything that Job could have depended on, leaned on, found joy in is taken away from him. Three friends show up and they begin to give him advice and most of it's really bad advice and They begin to give mixed messages of what he should do and what he shouldn't do. You're experiencing that right now. You've got friends with all kinds of advice for what you should be doing and shouldn't be doing. You should listen to. You should believe as we walk through this time period. All kinds of mixed messages we're getting from the top down. That's the situation Job is in. He's lost everything. And he's getting these wrong messages from his friends. We have a, a book that is 42 chapters long, that's almost exclusively the frustration and the hurt and the agony and the emotions of Job. Right? His friends keep telling him, well, you've sinned, and if you just confess it, then everything will be made right. But Job knows that's, that's not the answer. He knows there's, there's no sin in his life that he needs to confess. And so chapter after chapter, there's this Ongoing struggle within the heart of Job to to stay faithful, to keep believing, to not let his loss and hurt overwhelm him, and God is mostly silent through it all. For for 37 chapters, we don't hear from God. We just hear Job's frustration and, and his agony and the messages that he's wrestling with, and finally in chapter 38, God speaks up. And God basically says, Job, I'm still here. And I'm still in control. And you can still trust me. And there's nothing wrong with what you've been feeling. And there's nothing wrong with your emotions. But I'm still here. And I can still be trusted. You can still lean on me. And at the end of the coronavirus story, whenever that's going to be, God's still going to be with us. God's still going to be in control as he is in control right now. And he's not afraid of our emotions. And he's not afraid of our discouragement or our anger. He's not afraid of anything that you or I are feeling. But he's going to keep reminding us that he's here. And he's in control. You see, our feelings... It's it's all right to know them. It's all right to say them. It's all right to to pray them to God, to get them out. You and I just can't stop at our feelings. Just just like with Job, 37 chapters of struggle and emotion, and then it ends with God reminding Job that he's still there. Here's Here's an easy way to think of it. Our emotions, whatever they are, our emotions should be followed by a comma, not a period. Our emotions, real, true, unfiltered, whatever they are, our emotions should be followed by a comma and not a period. Here's what I mean. Instead of saying, instead of thinking to yourself, I'm anxious, period, what I encourage you to think to yourself, what I encourage you to pray is, I'm anxious, comma, but I know I can trust the Lord. And instead of saying, I'm discouraged, period. I'm depressed, period. You and I need to say, I'm discouraged, comma, but I know the Lord is the lifter of my head. He's the lifter of my soul. Instead of saying, I'm fearful, period end of story you and i need to practice saying i'm fearful comma but the joy of the lord is my strength god is a constant in my life look it's okay to feel what we're feeling we just can't let our feelings have the last word we can't allow our feelings to exist in a vacuum because there is a god that is still true and in control regardless of our very real feelings. Another thing we have to do is we have to speak faith to our feelings. We have to speak faith to our feelings. I feel this, but by faith, I know this is also true. David was really good at that. Uh, It's one of the reasons some of his prayers uh, make him seem like a split personality because he goes on and on about very real, very hard emotions. And then right at the end, he reminds himself that he still trusts in the Lord. He speaks faith to a very real, very raw emotion. This is what I feel. This is what I'm going to continue to believe about God, And you may look at your feelings in your faith, and right now, you may think, well, my feelings are a lot larger than my faith. My feelings are overwhelming me, and I just, I kind of, sort of can say this. I, I, I'm struggling to really believe this. The, the good news is, Jesus said all you need is a little bit of faith, no matter how big your feelings are, no matter how overwhelming your feelings are right now. Jesus said, If you just had a mustard seed's worth of faith, it'd be enough. You can move mountains with just a little bit. So don't don't doubt just because you have a little bit of faith and your feelings seem so large. You and I just have to speak faith to our feelings. I, I feel all of this, but I believe this to be true. I am convinced that this is true. Interesting, isn't it? that right in the middle of our Bible, there's a group of books where God says to us, you're not the only one that's felt this way. You're not the only one that's been afraid. You're not the only one that's wrestled with discouragement. You're you're not the only one that's been angry. You're not the only one that's wondered, how long am I going to be in this situation? You're not the only one. So turn those emotions toward God and speak your faith to your feelings. There's a short section of Psalms that are called the Songs of Ascent. There's about 15 of them. Uh, We believe that these were the songs the nation of Israel, the people of God, would sing as they were making their way to Jerusalem for three of the annual feasts as they were making their way over mountainous terrain, rising up to Jerusalem, coming up to the holy city for the feast, they would sing these songs to remind themselves, even though the walking's tough right now, even though the mountain is steep right now, even though we're a little worn down and we're a little tired, we know we're going to a better place. We know we're going to come out of this and we're going to celebrate, and we're going to be with the people that we love. We are headed, yep, upward right now. It's kind of tiring right now. We're a little frustrated right now, but we're on our way to a better place. I, I, I want to I want to close with one of those psalms, and, and let this just be a a prayer, a blessing over us, because I know for a lot of us right now, it's pretty steep climbing. It, it, it's frustrating. It's discouraging right now, but we're headed to a better place. God has a better place for us, and we're going to make it there. We just got to keep walking. Here's what David said. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip he who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. In other words, God's not nodding off even a little bit. You've probably had those times. You're sitting in your favorite chair watching TV and you, you kind of give it one of those. The psalmist said, That's not God. he's not asleep. He's not even nodding off. He sees you. He, he knows that you're climbing a steep hill right now, but he hasn't gone to sleep on you. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. The greatest tragedy would be to try to navigate these emotional times, these these steep climbs without a relationship with the God who wants to be there for you, the God who loves you, the God who wants to be present with you. The greatest tragedy would would be try to get through times like this without a relationship with Him. And that's why I want to encourage you. Maybe God wants to use this season of your life to draw you to Himself so that you know that through his son Jesus who came and died and rose again, you can have a relationship with this God who will never leave you. He will never judge your feelings. He will just be present with you and strengthen you. You can have a relationship with him by giving your life over to Christ. If you have never done that, wherever you are this morning, whether you're in our area, whether you're watching from some other area, whether you're in your home, whether you're somewhere else watching this, If you have never committed your life to Jesus, this is the day. Trust Jesus for your forgiveness, for your salvation, and for your eternal life. Just, Just tell him. You want to follow him. You want to obey him. You want your sins to be forgiven. You trust that Jesus is the Savior who lived and died and rose again for you. We would love to follow up with you if you make that decision, let us know, either through an email or, 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 or through the feed on social media. We want to follow up with you. We want to encourage you in a decision to live your life for Jesus. There is no greater decision you will ever make in your life. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you did indeed create us to be quite complex. Not just machines and robots going about our business, but you created us with emotions. They add so much to our life. Feelings add so much to our life, so much joy. But they also weigh on us sometimes. They're also a heavy load to carry sometimes, and we don't always choose which one we're feeling. So God, remind us. That whatever we're feeling right now, whatever end of the emotional spectrum we're on, it's okay. It's okay to feel what we're feeling. It's even okay to feel conflicting emotions right now. We can say all of that to you. We can get all of that out to you, and you're going to listen. You're not going to interrupt us. You're not going to judge us for for what we're feeling. You're just going to listen, and you're going to remind us that you're the constant. You are in control. You are strong for us when our weak frame is not strong enough. So, God, I pray you would minister to us. Minister into our hearts, into our emotions now and throughout this week. Give us grace. Allow us to have grace for ourselves as our emotions move back and forth. But, God, help us not to allow our feelings to get the last word. I pray that our faith would always get the last word. We would always be reminded, no matter how large our feelings are, that our God's even larger, and He's in control. God, I pray for anyone that doesn't have a personal relationship with You through Jesus. that They would not put it off anymore. This would be the day they would turn their life over to Christ. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to worship together a little bit more just pour our hearts out to God here in song in just a minute Uh, this is the time when we would normally worship the Lord in our giving and I just want to say thank you journey has been so faithful in your giving your faithfulness thank you so much for doing that if God leads you today to give then you can give online at our website welcome to journey Dot com. You can mail something into our church. You can find all of that information on our website. Thank you for being faithful. Obey whatever God's putting on your heart right now. Let's, let's worship again together through music.